Welcome to the Body Positivity Podcast with Diana and Arliss, and we have an amazing guest today. Kamara Sakal is a transformational life coach based in Boston, Massachusetts. With over a decade of experience working in analytics and sales support, she quickly had to learn how to navigate her well-being in a time of crisis and challenges. Kamara has been on a personal development journey since 2013 and spent years learning about meditation and holistic healing techniques. She also has extensive training that includes business coaching, mindful-based stress reduction, breath work, chakra, and aura healing. She is a certified corporate wellness coach, certified life coach, and certified meditation teacher. She is passionate about empowering women to build a life and business they love while prioritizing their self-care. I'm so excited to welcome Kamara. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Ooh, welcome, Kamara. It's so nice to have you with us today. You know, you, you got a chance to speak at one of our last events at my at New Year Love You, and you're, you were just such an inspiration talking about our obstacles, perfectionism, the challenges that we face, and we are so excited to have you on the podcast today. Uh, and I'd love to ask you our first question. What part of your body has been the easiest to love? If you asked me this question like a few years ago, I probably wouldn't say, um, I'd probably say something, not have a hard time saying something, right? Um, the easiest part of my body to love is actually my lips. And the reason for that being is it's, it's where, you know, my voice comes out, where I'm able to speak, um, you know, my message, where I'm able to coach, guide, and help heal with my words. Um, and it's also, it's a creative process, right? Um, when you're speaking or, or when you think about your lips and you think about how you can play up the moment with your lips. So for instance, like wearing a nude lipstick and just downplay your lip and then, you know, playing other features of your face or wearing a red lip so you can embody that, you know, that um, sexiness or that um, power and that strength. So my lips, um, you know, it was a hard thing because I never liked my lips before, but now I'm coming to find that there's so much more to, um, you know, like loving your lips, like loving your lips because it's the entryway to your mouth where you're speaking all these words and being able to eat, you know, um, I, I feel that's one of life's greatest blessings for myself because I'm, I, I find that I'm, you know, a foodie. I consider myself a foodie. I love to travel and eat and just experience all like you know these good food and I'm very open to food so it's I would have to say it's my lips. <laughs> I love that and I can definitely resonate um, also having beautiful juicy lips just like you uh, with maybe that not being something that we wanted to draw attention to in the past um, and I don't know about you but when it came to me with my lips there there was this like part of me that wanted to hide them for a long while because I didn't want to be seen certain ways or, um, you know, that kind of thing. Did, did you have any kind of experience with, with that? Or has it always just been, you know, like this power that I, I feel from you now? I, the same way, I wanted to hide my lips just because I felt it was too big. Um, you know, downplay my lips. Everyone that I knew that was cute had, you know, thin little lips. And I'm like, why isn't my lips that, you know, that way? And um, the other part was because 
um, I got my lips from my dad. And I know that's so unsexy to say, because like, if you're a guy and you're like, oh, I love your lips. Like, you know, I'm like, oh, I got it from my dad. And, you know, <laughs> so yeah, but it's something I'm really, really proud of right now. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I love that you shared how they're even, there are forms of expression, whether it's through the makeup, through the lipstick we wear or don't, and then even through speaking and then what we choose to consume. They're, uh, they're a, a channel for expression. I love yeah, that. I love it. Yeah, thank you. It's um, like, you know, your, your energy center um, uh, where the throat chakra is, it includes your lip and your mouth. And so when you're speaking, um, you know, that's your form of communication and expression. So, and it took me a while to realize that about myself and, you know, that part of my body. Thank you. And that is a great lead in to our next question, which is what is an area of your body that's been challenging to love? What's been challenging to love, still is challenging to love, has to be my stomach and I find it, it's a love-hate relationship that I have with my stomach. I love it because I was able to carry my children. Um, I, you know, dislike it or not like it or hate it is because I, I feel it's, it's so soft. But when you think about the stomach, it's the core that holds everything together. Um, so it's been challenging just, you know, kind of like to, to try to, as much as like you try to stay in, you know, um, being fit, like, you know, working out and things like that. It's hard sometimes, like you're still carrying sort of like the remnants from like childbirth and, and stuff like that. Um, and even just like having it like so soft and so pudgy, but I realized that there's still so much strength to that softness, right? Um, soft doesn't have to be so like hardcore. Um, you know, lack of a better way to put it, um, you know, the strength can be in the softness. So learning to love the softness, knowing that it's, it's strong as well. Yeah, I love that. Um, I definitely have a soft, squishy stomach myself. And, and, um, I've always been really challenged to love that part of myself, but it, it shifted when I met my partner um, because he loves how soft and squishy my stomach is. And at first it made me so self-conscious. Like if he would touch my stomach, I'd be like, oh, don't do that. You know, like, um, you know, he was putting attention on that area of my body that was so challenging. And now it's really helped me fall in love with it more. Do you feel like you've had any kind of outside influences that have helped you to accept or love your stomach more? Definitely. It's, it's my son, especially my son, who's four years old now, who would just lie on my stomach and he'll, you know, he'll press it and he likes to lay on my stomach and um, he doesn't say anything, but he just like presses it and plays with it. And I realize that like, it's, it's just such a, like a normal process. It's a beautiful full process to have, you know, um, just having like, you know, your children to like, um, laying on your stomach and even my husband, like he doesn't seem to mind. I think, you know, with these type of like, um, body image issues or like love, hate relationship with your body, it's, it's, it has to do with just you. There's no one else that hates your stomach, but you, right. Um, the, the people I care about don't really notice it or anything like that, but, um, 
Yeah, definitely. When my children are just, you know, like just sleeping my on my stomach and stuff like that. I love that. Um, recognizing that the love-hate relationship with our body is really just us. It's our reflection and um, it's something that maybe we internalized from societal messages or from things that other people have said, but that the people, I'm hearing you say, uh, Kamara, that the people who matter the most to us, they love our, they love us as we are. They see the, the strength uh, in the softness that maybe it's harder for us to see. Yeah. 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 It's also that femininity, right? Some, you know, I, I can appreciate like a woman's body, um, the way it's feminine and the way it curves, um, just seeing more of like embodying sort of like that femininity. Like, I think it's amazing. Right. Um, just, it helps me love my stomach a little more, even though it has been challenging, it just helps me love like the way it is, you know? Yeah. And I love that you mentioned um, your children laying on your stomach because it is a reminder as well of the, of like, of their transformation since being, being inside you, being, a, mm -hmm. being birthed through your body, yeah. um, you know, and it, I think that's really profound and like a great way to to see love still in there, even when, um, yeah, sometimes society, the body image stuff, you know, can make us feel like, like our stomachs are supposed to look a certain way or, or any of that kind of thing. But there's so much innocence, you know, um, towards that, right? Um, and especially children, they remind you of that innocence that that's still within you, I feel. Um, it just needs to be brought out sometimes. What are, what are some of the ways that you like to practice self-love or self-care? Self-love, self-care. Um, I love to do meditative dancing. I, I love to dance and I feel like dancing itself is just a meditative process where you're, you know, you listen to your favorite um, playlist. I have, uh, if you see my Spotify playlist, like there's a type of like there's a play playlist for every single mood and I, I do have one for self-care self-love which is funny um and it's really just to kind of like get me grounded right listening to this music and having that embody um you know pulsating through my body coming from the inside out and moving even like even when you're looking silly it, you're moving everywhere and you're just feeling the music I'm pretty sure I look silly doing it because I my children have told me um but like, there's not a care in the world. And, you know, I like to, I like to do that without shoes because you feel the groundedness, you feel the floors, like the, the carpet or the, in my case, hardwood floors, um, and just feeling that um, centering you and just kind of just really going at it, not having a care in the world, um, but enjoying it and having fun with it as well. Um, and I think that's one of the most important part. Self-care, self-love practices, like doesn't have to feel so like you have to do it, right? I feel like dancing for me is something that I don't feel like I have to do it, I wanna do it. And, and I do it in like really like weird times where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm working, but just to get my energy to rise up, I'm like, okay, I, I, I gotta get up and dance. I gotta do something and stuff like that. And sometimes I'm jittery because I'm like, I need to move. Um, and so, um, I love meditative dancing. Yeah, that's fantastic. I've never really thought of it that way. 
that's a really interesting take on meditation and dancing. I mean, combining the two, that's fantastic though, because what I have learned, I'm also a meditation instructor. And what I have found is that, you know, sitting in, um, you know, pretzel formation for five hours for somebody is not available for most people. Um, That there is all different kinds of meditation. Um, Last week, I uh, led a doodling meditation in one of my courses, um, which was available for the people there, and they really enjoyed it. And so um, I love that you're bringing new ways that people can meditate um, that might feel really good to them, whereas the traditional meditation may yeah. not be accessible to them for whatever reason. Yeah. And did you say that you you did like a doodling, a doodling meditation? That's where like they're like journaling and drawing? Yeah, just free flow. So what I love about the science behind doodling, because by the way, there is science behind doodling, which I think is so freaking awesome because I'm such a nerd. Um is that when we doodle, we actually move our brain from the pair um, from the sympathetic nervous system, which is like fight or flight, to the parasympathetic nervous system. So we actually cause that shift to happen in our brain when we doodle. And there was a research study done that showed that when people are doodling, they're much more likely to retain the information, even if it's super complicated information. So um, I led a a doodling meditation where the participants doodled like free form, no specific instruction. And then I, they were listening to me reading positive affirmations. Um, And they said that it was just really transformative for them. Like they got to hear the affirmations and really understand them in a way that they hadn't before. So I, I need to take that workshop. (laughs) <laughs> yeah maybe we'll maybe we'll do a doodling meditation at the upcoming event yeah, yeah. actually sounds really neat Arliss I think that would be a great add on to our event um, you know what I love what you said uh, Kamara about um, self-care doesn't have to feel shoddy or it doesn't have to feel like something you you should do it can feel it can feel good like you want to you want to have this connection of like something that you want to do. And I'm curious, like for you to have that insight, to me, that means that you recognize that sometimes self-care can feel like a should instead of like a want. Can you, can you talk to me a little bit about that? I'd love to hear more about, um, you know, those, those sort of like ideas that or ideals we can hold about what self-care is supposed to be versus what it really can be for us. Right. So, I don't know if you've heard of the Korean um, skincare regimen where it's like a 12-step process to like get your skin to glow or have glass skin. Um, so I, I do that, but I do that because I've been doing it, right? So I've, I've um, just turned, I've turned 42. And so people still think that I like, um, you know, like I still get carded when I'm buying wine and stuff like that. And, um, but I, I take good care of my skin. I take good care of my skin because I feel like I have to do it. I think it's like up, like kind of like um, now it's kind of ingrained in me that okay now this is the routine that you set so it's basically like that whole routine it's like there's a double cleanse there's like a serum there's a serum on top of serum there's a moisturizer and there's everything that gets really like you know if you can imagine like how much time I take at night just to like you know like 
um, get my skin to like pamper up and stuff like that, like those type of things. Like sometimes I don't want to do it, but you know, like it's sort of like I'm, I'm so used to doing it, you know, um, it becomes really tedious. So I'm, I try to like now um, lay off the um, that type of routine, like, um, you know, maybe do it three days a week instead of, um, you know, like instead of like seven days a week and stuff like that. Yeah, I hear like um, giving ourselves a little bit of grace when the routine feels uh, when when the routine stops feeling like it's nourishing and serving us and finding a balance of how many days do we really want to be doing this uh, at the same time knowing and you know like why are we doing this I'm hearing for you you know like really wanting to take care of of your skin and um, and and like maintain that youthful glow that you definitely have. Um, and I think that that's beautiful that, you know, instead of it feeling like something that has to be militant and done every single day, how can we make it, how can we add it back in so that it feels rejuvenating instead of like, um, like taxing? And it becomes really stressful when you're doing that because I, I've noticed that when you're doing it too much and for too long, I've started to get breakouts. That's one of the signs that I'm stressed. When I start to get breakouts on my skin, um, you know, it just, it, things are like coming to the surface. Um, and, and, you know, that's more of like, hey, you need to balance this out. Like this routine here, it's like no longer serving you today. Um, you know, maybe take some time off and like come back to it. But I'm, I'm realizing that with almost every self-care technique or self-care practice is you don't have to do everything that, you know, people talk about doing like bubble baths or, um, you know, doing a mani-pedi every week or anything like that is so much more than that. It's also you trying to balance out what works for you. Yes, there's literal self-care in the balancing of self-care. Right? <laughs> I love that. Spoke about it. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for that insight. You're so when you feel disconnected from your body, which happens for all of us, how do you reconnect and feel that partnership with your body again? This was something that I've always had. And I usually, um, you know, go through these, these like self-love issues for myself. Right. I, it was more of like, I, I do I love my body enough? Like I, I'm so judgmental about myself for the longest, longest time. Um, one of the things that I feel like really helped me was I wrote a letter of compassion to my body. And you have to do that in a way where you're not doing it as you talking to your body, but as someone that cares for you will talk to you and your body. And you think about like writing letters and um, you know, we talk about writing and doodling and how it's very therapeutic. Um, I, I remember like when I was like, um, you know, trying to mend a relationship with my ex-boyfriend a while ago when we were kids and stuff like that. Like we write little letters, right? Write little letters so that, hey, I'm sorry, I said this, I'm sorry, I said that, I'm sorry, like I feel this way at that moment and whatever it is. I feel like when you, when you write that letter to your body and you ask you know, your body for forgiveness or you thank your body for what it has done for you, um, that helped me to reconnect to my body. So if you feel like, um, you know, you put that letter um, away, and then if you feel like sometimes like it'll creep back up where those 
negative self-critic about your um, your body um, comes up or arises, you can take your letter out and you know reminding yourself that hey, I I rekindled, I reconnected, I you know I I spoke about and I spoke you know better words to my body and, and to myself. That is so powerful. That is absolutely so powerful. Thank you for that example. You're welcome. I really love the idea of writing a letter to yourself because I think it, it um, you know, we were just talking about doodling and how when we're writing and, and in this creative process, we are activating both the left and the right side of the brain. So we're able to integrate what it is that we're experiencing more. Um, do you ever feel resistant to reading the letter? Like, <laughs> how does that go? <laughs> it's more like, why did I just say that? Um, yes. So, or is it something I want to visit right now? Um, especially like, I think we um, can be so harsh on ourselves. Um, sometimes it's, it's something that, you know, like um, you don't want to revisit, right? So it's, it's something that sometimes can anchor what you are going through um, with your body and stuff like that. But yeah, there's, there's definitely been resistance to reading that letter, the way I talk about my body or anything like that, you know. Can you share a little bit about like when you do feel that disconnection from your body and you're looking to reconnect, do you ever have those kind of feelings of like, oh, not again, oh, how could I disconnect from my body? Like where you get to a place of judging yourself or shaming yourself for, for disconnecting? I, yes, do it a lot. It's like, why? Sometimes it stops you from showing up being your best self sometimes it stops you from I've I've had um times where I'm like I didn't I couldn't find anything to wear and it's not because I didn't have any clothes to wear it's just I didn't like the way it looked on my body um and you know some you need that reminder sometimes and it could be a reminder from your my daughter who love all my dresses or love like you know like my my night out clothes or whatever like you know like for dinner and things like that or my husband is like no you look good regardless um, of regardless of what you wear, um, you know, I, I just think like connecting to your body that way, maybe in, in a way where you, you've seen like some of the pictures that you've, you've had on this dress and it looks so good and everybody compliments you on this dress, but you, on the other hand, like didn't like the way you look or anything like that, but reconnecting with it. Sometimes I like to do, I, I meditate on like self self-love like I do like a self-love meditation every now and then when I find that I'm getting getting off track um with with loving myself with acceptance with um compassion if I find that I'm getting off track is it's 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 me having to build in my practice in my self-care routine to meditate at night about a specific issue that I'm going through or challenge Yeah, I love that you're doing that. It makes, I'm sure, um, such a huge difference. It just, yeah. It, I mean, we have guests come on and, and talk about, um, you know, really speaking positively to ourselves. And, and that is crucially important. But when we are taking that extra step, the way that you are describing, um, I think that that adds a whole nother layer to it that 
most people aren't considering. Do you find that to be true, Kamara? Um, where people are not considering sort of like the, the compassion, is that your question? Yeah, like the deeper level of compassion, really putting it in writing, like going through that whole process. It's hard because I never thought that like I would be talking about self-love, right? Um, because there were times where I really, really was so hard on myself about things where it's to the point where I don't didn't realize my worth, right? So your self-care, self-love, it's about realizing what you're worth. And I'm not saying like charging your worth or whatever, but it's realizing that you're this beautiful human being, regardless of like what your body looks like unconditionally and the things that, you know, your amazing body has already done for you. And I, I almost felt in that way, I was so ungrateful. Um, your body right now is all you have, right? of yourself. So it's, 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 you know, we'll talk about mind and body and soul connection and body is so crucial in order to have all three, you obviously need the body, the physical in it too. So why would I, you know, like when I realized that, like, why would I judge myself so harshly with what I'm given right now as my body? You know, why don't I take care and nourish it more so I can get into a place where I can feel better about myself? Yeah. You know, I really love that. I love that realization that you're sharing with us about about compassion, about it being a connection from mind, body, and soul. And I'm curious, how does your work in holistic healing or your experience with holistic healing, how does that relate to self-love, self-worth, and your body? Self-love, self-worth, and your body, it's, it's all... Um, coming from someone who has like a hybrid of services, right? Um, as you can see, because, you know, a lot of us are we're very like multi-passionate and those are the parts of us. And I feel for myself and my work, those are the parts of us I cannot deny. Someone has said, you have to pick up a niche. Like, you know, you work with a business coach and you pick a specific audience to work with and, and you know, you go from there. I don't always believe that's true. I don't believe it's true because you're always going to attract the people who are going to listen to you. And for myself, it's about like doing this work um, as a whole person. So you as a whole person without all these things that are, um, you know, that makes you who you are, they're not going to work, right? So that's mind, body, soul, all that connection. So you're, you're, the components of everything that makes you as a whole person. And I like to see it that way and then work at it in, the, in terms of refinement. So, um, you know, there could be one aspect of your life that's going so well. And then there's another aspect of your life that is not going well at all, where you're like not eating well, taking care of your body, but here you are also excelling, excel, accelerating in your career, right? Um, at one point or another, it's not gonna be sustainable. When you work on the whole self, when you reconnect to all, to your whole self, mind, body, spirit, that's when it becomes um, sustainable. I love that. Thank you. On that same line, I wonder for you, what body image expectations or societal norms do you feel like you subscribe to or you don't subscribe to? Um, what I don't or didn't subscribe to was after pregnancy, everyone um, wanted you to, you know, like you have this society thinks that you should just get right back into shape. Um, and, you know, with both of my children, I went through postpartum depression, 
part of it was because I had I had these unrealistic expectations of what I can do and what my body that just birthed a baby could do. And you think about the birthing process and you think about, um, you know, what goes through. There's a lot of trauma with your body. Women put a lot of like, um, trauma through their body, right? Um, and we continuously do that because we want to adhere to like, hey, I want to look good like so-and-so because so-and-so just popped out a baby like two days ago and now they look amazing. Um, I, and I, I wasn't there. And I was also bitter. I was bitter with my husband who, you know, I popped, a, popped up a baby and he looked amazing. Like I didn't feel like I looked amazing. And he just walked in like, oh, I'm just a dad, you know, nothing has happened to my body. Um, but that was one of the things like, you know, like we're, we're all different. Like we're, you know, he's um, a male. And so he doesn't have the same blessing to carry a baby like I did. Um, but, you know, like you think about the birthing process, you think that it's also a renewal. You think about birth, birth is a renewal. It's a renewal that, you know, some people's like, can I, you know, jump back into what my body looked like or what I looked like before or how my life was? No, everything changes. There's a new you, there's a transformative you that are supposed to be moving forward, you know? And if you don't, you're, don't move forward or if you're having a hard time, that's okay too. Um, one, um, my OBGYN, back when I had my daughter said this to me, Allow yourself, after my pregnancy, she said, allow yourself at least three years to fully, fully heal without the expectations of, you know, your body, you know, the way um, getting it to where you want it to be. Allow yourself three years and sometimes even longer than three years, um, you know, to allow it to heal. And I don't think a lot of women allow our bodies to heal that way, um, especially with all these things out in social media where, like you're setting these unrealistic expectations of how our, our bodies should look like. You know, I really love that you talk about the trauma that can be giving birth and how really like your whole body shifts. And I think it's really insightful to know and understand like that the birthing process is not just about a new baby, but it's about a new you in a way that there's a transformation that happens uh, from a cellular level for for a mother when she's giving birth and i love that you're giving us this uh this time frame of saying like hey it could be three years and it could be longer and rather than ascribe to these societal norms or these pictures of like oh i had birth i gave birth like two weeks ago and like you know whatever um that you're helping us set more realistic and um <clears throat> like self-loving expectations of ourself. Because I think that um, when we have this tendency to celebrate the woman who bounced back in a month or in however long it is, that uh, it can be damaging to other women who don't, don't feel like they're able to do that. And it can feel like um, failure or it can feel like we're not, uh, like something's wrong with us when really everything is right in that we just went through this beautiful transformational process. And, you know, and I, I think that's really powerful. Thank you for that. Thank you. And, and you're so right about that. It, it, it can be damaging to a lot of people to, um, you know, that haven't been through it and that are looking to, you know, um, you know, get pregnant or after their pregnancy, it, it could be damaging where 
you know, it, it doesn't help people move forward when you realize that you think that you failed as, um, you know, a new mom or something like that. So if there was a new mom listening uh, right now, um, what would you say to them? What would you say to them to support them through this process? I would say what you've done, especially giving birth, it's just, it's an amazing process in itself. Um, all that your body has done for you and, you know, what's beautiful about it is your body has everything you need for your child. When you think of it that way, it literally like you have everything you need for your child. And, you know, even like with our breast milk that comes in, like after um, pregnancy, like giving the, um, the baby like nourishment, um, it's, it's kind of like when you think about it, it's, it's amazing because everything has almost been thought out for you with your body you have to be more grateful, love your body and realize like all the amazing things that it has done and will be doing for you going forward. And it's so important for you to take care and prioritize yourself and especially, um, you know, all aspects of yourself and your body included. I love that. And even taking that idea further, what I think of is it's like, I could never force my body to make breast milk. I can't like think yeah. my way into it or like, you know, take action so that my body can produce birth, you know, breast milk. Like it's, it's an internal um, knowledge. It's a, it's a knowing that my body has to provide in this way. Yeah. And like I'm hearing you say as you, as you are like with new moms to really allow them to trust in the process of, of the transformation that their body does have everything they need and that, like it's almost like a reminder that they were built for this. You're exactly right. And your, your body is already naturally intuitive. It knows what you need. It knows what you should be doing. It's more of like us listening to it. And you have spoken so much today about the different skills and expertise that you bring. I would love to know more about what you have to offer, what your business is and how people can get in touch with you. Yeah, I'm right now I, I do have uh, my business is a, a more of a hybrid coaching. So I do, I have business coaching clients. Um, I have people that come to me for life coaching. I have people that come to me for wellness coaching. And remember, as I spoke about how like there's so many different parts of you and a lot of this, it was challenging to do um, to market myself in so many ways. But um, it, it's, it's also part of me that I can't deny. Um, you know, with the work that I do. So I have sort of like this foundational program where it's more about like incorporating the role of wellness into your life so that you can make better decisions or you can move forward. Um, I, you know, I'm doing clarity calls and if someone wants to reach out, they can book a clarity call and a clarity call is more just to get kind of, you know, figure out what it is that you want, like what type of life that you want to create going forward that will make you happy, less stressful, um, you know, that will help you also prioritize um, your self-care and your well-being. That is huge. That is huge. And what so many people need. So many people need that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kamara, I'm really curious. So I know that you're, you're presenting on soul, on spirit, 
in our upcoming event in May, Mind, Body, Soul, that you're doing a, a workshop. Um, I'm curious, do you have, like, what are, what are some of the things that you feel called to teach or share um, in Mind, Body, Soul movement? So I think um, I I was originally doing soul, and then I think I changed it to mind. Oh, great. Okay. I, I, I believe, if I can still recall. Um, more of like the inter, you know, I was going to do more of like the, the soul was more of like the interconnectedness where a lot of things, especially seeing um, the things that come my way and my life experiences, has to start with spirit or soul first in order for it to manifest anywhere else. Um, that's just how I've seen it. Um, the reason why I changed to mind was more of like, I wanted to talk more about mindset, which I feel like is so, so important, right? Um, nowadays, where people talk about mindset, um, not that mindset is everything because like, you know, I mentioned that you need all these other components of yourself in order to function. It's important because mindset is what's going to give you, it's going to cause you to take action. Um, and so that's what I, I would probably be um, talking about, like in, in the next movement. Beautiful. I know we're so looking forward to that. You gave such an amazing presentation at New Year Love You. And I know that our audience really connects with, with you because of your honesty, your openness, your willingness, and your, you know, the the bravery that you show in talking about some of these things. I don't think that most most new moms know about, uh, you know, or a lot of times I imagine that they feel like they're going through this process alone. And I hear you really talking about this in a way so that more, more and more women can feel supported in this process. Well, thank you. Thank you for those comments. Absolutely. So if you were going to leave our listeners with your um, last golden nuggets, what would you say? No, it's like so sometimes it's so cliche to say, but it's just really to be kind to yourself. Um, this is coming from someone who is like her worst inner critic for, you know, for whatever reason, right? Um, we're the harshest on ourselves and but we actually it needs to start with us in order for us to do to be successful in who we want to become it has to start with us you know overcoming any of those type of beliefs where we don't love ourselves or we don't accept ourselves for who we are absolutely uh it all starts there doesn't it yeah it does <laughs> It starts with self. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Um, just such an honor to have you here on the podcast. And we are looking forward to you taking the virtual stage again at Mind, Body, Soul Movement. Uh, thank you again. And Diana, did you have any last thoughts for today's podcast? I just, I feel very connected to everything that Kamara is sharing. And I think if you're listening and you also feel like you want to know more about Kamara and her insights, all I would say is just definitely check it out. I think she's really brought great light to this concept of being kind to ourselves, of learning how to love ourselves and, and understanding that so much of our value comes first with it, from within. So thank you for that, Kamara. Thank you. How about you, Arliss? Yeah, just 
it all starts with ourselves. Uh, you know, any change that we want to make in our lives or any change that we want to make in the world, we have to start within. And I think that that is such a key message that Kamara shared with us today. Thank you to everyone that is listening. Thank you again to our guest, Kamara. We look forward to uh, being with you again on the next podcast and we'll see you then. Thank you. Such a pleasure, ladies. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye.